mindfulness mode. I have to move it. I have to uh, send waves through it. I have to shake it. I have to amplify it. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show today. I'm with a guest who is not your ordinary guest. He's unusual in a lot of ways, and you're going to find out how. He wants to help you. He wants to help to make a positive difference in your life. He wants to help you to become more intuitive. He wants to help you so that you don't feel so alone in your life. He wants to help you to be able to download information from the universe because he tells me we're all information gathering systems. That's what we are as human beings. I'm here today with David Weigart. David, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am totally in mindfulness mode and in excitement mode. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm excited to talk to you, David, because I know, like I said already, you are not our average run-of-the-mill guest. You are different. You are a person who has so much to share, and it's just going to be a lot of fun today talking about what makes you tick and how you love to help people. So tell me this, what does mindfulness mean to you, David? You know, uh, when I started, I used my mind a lot to trying to calm it down and stay present, but I found out that didn't work for me. Oh. Because I, I needed to be feel loved mostly okay. before, above anything else. Okay. So and, and so when I'm feeling love in my heart that's filled so much, then I can love my mind and then my mind rests and it can start doing what it is, its main function is is to gather and sort through information uh -huh. to develop see patterns and develop the best way to go to a trajectory, find the quickest route to get from point A to point B. Uh, have persistence when you need it, have tenacity when you need it, have creative ideas come in. Okay, so... So that's to me what mindfulness is. Well, that's that's cool. Tell me this, did you not feel loved before then? Is that what you're saying? No, I did not. Okay. So uh, my parents were refugees uh -huh. from World War II. Right. And in that space, they suffered dramatically. I don't want to go through all the details there. Yeah. But uh, being a refugee, you go, you leave your homeland, and then we wind up, they wind up in Colombia, where I was born in South America, in Bogota. Okay. And we're, we're aliens there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So I never felt at home. And then both my parents had PTSD. All right. And they were in survival mode because they came with nothing and they had to create a life for themselves. Mm -hmm. So they were too busy to show love and caring. So, and I also grew up uh, very much isolated because we didn't have any friends. And then the other part is uh, kidnapping and uh, uh, is very prevalent in Colombia right. as a way to make people make money. So yes. uh, I, I wasn't allowed to go out and play. Okay. So all these things created this sense of isolation yeah. and sense of loneliness, right? Right. But it was also redirecting me that this world is not where love comes from. Oh, where does it come from? It comes from this, from the nucleus of our soul and our being that just emanates from there. No one can fill your heart. You have to allow your heart to open 
and then let the love pour out into that other person and as a reflection back to you. So when was the first time that you realized this? Because this would be pretty um, pretty much a, a revelation then. I would say yes. You know, my, my whole being is, I'm very spiritual. I've always been, I've, I've always trusted God and I always love God. Uh -huh. I never got mad or angry at God for no matter what the situations happened. I just knew that I had to do some things. I had to grow some way in order to understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so all these tests that we have, which appears as tests, they're, they're really guiding us to, to find ourselves and to be redirected always to the center of our core. You know, because when you, when you follow one, for me, Jesus is something that's come alive in the past couple of years. Um, because all of a sudden I have a personal relationship with him. Okay. I have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe, heavenly father, whatever you want to call him. It doesn't matter what you call him. You got to feel him. And when I started shaking, I described a little bit to you that I shake a lot throughout the day. It's now my whole body is more sensory oriented okay. and my feelings are amplified. So now I can really feel the feelings deep in my heart and they just come out in this with so much joy and with just so much wonder and exhilaration. Okay, so you do this and shaking I'm deliberately then, right? You do it intentionally, intentionally. Intentionally, yes. Intentionally, yes. Deliberately, intentionally, and because you know the Chinese uh, do something called Qigong, yes, which is a, a old historical way of with the body. Mm -hmm. I take that and I amp it up. Okay. So have you studied Qigong then? I've studied that in minor situations. Uh -huh. So, I've, you know, and I've done, um, you know, uh, martial arts and all those things when I was younger. But what I've, and then I've done a lot of acupuncture. Mm -hmm. So I, now I know what that is. I mean, an, uh, a needle will go into a certain part of your body. It'll send an electrical s stimulation, and you, you can feel the electricity going through your body. So I, 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 that put together that we are electrical beings above anything else. If I sever your spinal column down at, at the base of your spine, your legs are not going to move. Okay. Everything is still there. Your legs are still alive. You're still getting nutrition. You're still getting circulation, but they don't move. So electricity is fundamental. If if there's no electricity in your brain, you're not going to have thoughts. So is the electricity part of your spirituality? Spirituality embodies everything. Spirituality is is the essence of everything. Okay, so you're talking about spirituality in terms of Christianity. Can you tell us more about what spirituality means to you overall? We are, we are God's children, and we're loved beyond any measure. And the other part is, let me ask you a question. How do us humans have this imperative to love our children? Where does that come from? Animals, why do they protect their young? There's something about the creative process that says, love the new creation. It's the way we're wired, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's also what uh, allows us the, the species to survive. Right? Yeah. So there's an impetus to, for us to survive. And we've been on that mode for many, many generations. 
Mm-hmm. Now we have all this new information that we've gathered, right? Uh, the laws that were placed in, in the world to, to, so that we can get along better. And as we get along better, we can work together and we can accomplish more things. Like the Hoover Dam. Look at the, with the ingenuity, the engineering, right? Mm-hmm. To create what? To tap the power source of the water in, through dynamos, and create generate electricity to power up Las Vegas so we can go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So I yeah. want to switch a little bit here and ask you about sure. your life partner. I know you have a wife, you have a life partner. When did yes. that relationship start and does that feed you? Do you feel love from that oh, relationship? Absolutely. So my father died when I was 24. Mm-hmm. I got divorced when I was 24. Mm-hmm. And then I had another relationship and that, that failed. So all of a sudden, my whole shift in t- terms of you know, graduating from engineering school, I, I quit that. Uh, what kind of job do I want to get? That's not important. I want a soulmate. I want to go through life with a soulmate. Because my parents, God loved them. But they fought like cats and dogs. Okay. And I said, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. Mm -hmm. So I found my life partner when I was 30 years old. Okay. And that's my wife, Claudia. So we've been together for 43 years. Wow. Congratulations on that. That's a long time. And it gets better and better and better and better. And we trust each other as a, we have a physical bond that's trust that grows. Mm -hmm. You can't put it into words, but you can feel it. It's just, it's amazing. And that allows me to explore, Bruce. See, if if, if I'm in fear, then my mind is shutting down. I'm not, I can't process information. Right, because I'm I'm surviving. Mm-hmm. But when when you bring peace, then your mind can process more information, and then you have the willingness to go into the unknown, because then your faith is there to to guide you through that. And so, does she do this shaking too? No, she does not. So, does she think you're a little bit odd when you do the shaking, or does she Absolutely. completely embrace it, or what? No, no, she's she's a ballet dancer. Okay. She's a lifelong dancer. Uh-huh. So she's got her skill sets that allows her to have a healthy life. Right? But she's also not as healthy as I am. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm obsessed with being healthy. But not for the for my sake, but to figure out ways. We can't sustain the way the health system is now. It, it, we can't be dependent on others for our health. We have to be dependent on ourselves and we have to simplify our health so that we can maximize our life. Mm -hmm. Our children are inheriting a system that's broken. So I want to change that system. So go back to this. You said you want to be healthy, but not for your sake. So I I need you to expand on that. I don't quite understand. I want to be an example of health. Okay. A model for health. So others can start learning how to be healthy with simplicity, air, water, movement, eating the right foods, uh, being kind, interacting with with each other uh, to learn more from each other. Because that's the other thing, acceptance. I've I've always been, um, let me see, how's the word? Um, I'm going to bring this word up, discriminated against. 
goes, when I was in Colombia, oh, you're the foreigner. Yeah. When I came to the States, you're the foreigner. Right. Right. But I have this color skin and stuff. So people don't think that's happening to me. But it is because I can't laugh at jokes when somebody says a joke. I don't even understand the joke. Right. My language, his skills are, are limited. So people laugh at me because I'm not understanding the joke. So I become the, 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 the butt of the joke. Right. So all that was teaching me, you know, I have to become self-confident in myself mm -hmm. and I have to grow from that space. But that also helped me to start becoming more self-reliant. And that self-reliance is really what this country is built on. I love the pioneers, right? Going across the prairie, you know, with a covered wagon and just enough material to build a log cabin mm -hmm. and create a farm. I mean, that what that took, they couldn't go to the hardware store. They couldn't go to the, they had to be independent. And I, that's what this country's about. And right. I love that about this okay. country. So when you say this country, are you American? Are you an American citizen? Oh yeah, yeah. But it took me a while to become an American citizen. Was that tough? So I became, I become uh, no because I was a uh, I became uh, a resident a permanent resident in 1961. Okay. I didn't choose to become a citizen until 1985. Oh, quite I had, a while. After I had met, yeah, after I had met my wife, and uh, I decided I'll become a citizen at that point. But I love history. I love the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, one of the things that I love about it is the way it was put together. Mm -hmm. People were fighting and creating what's the best idea, but in there they got, this is where I love this part here. Truth is self-evident. And, and that truth is what allows me to become healthier. I just want to jump in here and ask you, Mindful Tribe, do you have goals that seem out of reach? Maybe you're feeling stuck or discouraged. Here's one of my clients to share what she was experiencing. Hi, I'm Lindsay Rind, and I'm from Ontario, Canada. There were so many things about my life that I didn't feel confident about. You know, so many things that happened to me in a short period of time that I was basically confused and didn't know how to proceed. And, you know, I had pain from, from working outside every day. And then I went to Bruce and we did some coaching and some hypnosis and things started to fit together, click together. I'm amazed really that I could go to somebody and they can work with me for a bit and my life could be so much better. I don't believe that I could have done that by myself. It's surprising that, you know, you can change the way you think. I'm so proud of the progress Lindsay has made as a result of the hypnosis and coaching sessions I did with her. Well, I currently have an opening in my schedule and maybe the timing is right for you to get the help you deserve. Send me an email at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com with now is the time in the subject line. Let's get you back on track again where you belong. So have you always been on a health journey or is this something that's happened? Yes, but I also had a lot of pain. <laughs> oh, did you? Why did you have so much conditions. pain? I had a lot of conditions. I had a nervous stomach condition okay. when I was 19. Oh. I had uh, joint problems uh, back then. Uh, at 11 years old, I was in a military academy. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was sent from Columbia to Miami. And then I uh, 
my feet started to hurt a lot. And they said, oh, you have flat feet. So I had to wear orthotics. It's, it's, and then your your feet get hurt, uh, weak, weaker even more. So they hurt even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I had um, back pain. Mm-hmm. For 20 years. Wow, 20 years. And they went, yeah, and they wanted to do surgery on me because, and the reason I had 20 years because I said, I'm, I don't, not doing any surgery. Okay. I'm going to figure this out on my own. And then I also had bone spurs in my neck, which gave me neck pain. So uh-huh. I had neck pa- pain from the top of my head down to the, my lower spine. Uh huh. And then I had uh, conditions of um, um, stomach issues. Okay. For 40 years. Wow. But I've healed all that up. And how did you heal it? Through different processes, different different understandings. The way I healed my flat feet is I changed the way I walk. I watch my grandkids. So one of the things is I I studied engineering, so I love physics, chemistry. uh, And then I went back to school and I studied physical education uh, with with the uh, physical therapist in mind. So I have anatomy, physiology, organic chemistry. So I have all that understanding. But all that understanding did not heal me up. Okay. I had all the conditions. I couldn't get out of that. And I used all the resources, doctors, uh, chiropractors, acupuncture, massage therapists, all these things to heal me up. So let's go back to your feet. So you watched your grandchildren. You started to walk like that. What exactly did you have to do? Did you have to walk more on your toes or what did you have to do? Well, you don't walk on your toes. You walk on the ball of your foot. Okay. And then you also are here. Let me demonstrate. I don't know if you can see it a little bit. Yeah, I can see. So if, if I'm old... See this? I'm old, mm-hmm. right? Does that look start, like an old person? Right. You start to hunch over, yeah. You hunch over, you're stooping, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what I've done is I now am torquing my knees this way. Okay, outward. So that engages the core. Right. So now, so that lifts up. I'm lifting up my chest. Lift so, up your chest, and, yes. Right? And I'm dropping my shoulders. You drop your shoulders. So my scapulas is there. Mm-hmm. And then I take a step, not with this way, mm-hmm. right? I just start here and I push. Okay, you push forward. And you learned all push this forward. from your grandchildren. From my grandchildren. And my degree was in physical education, right. human movement. So I've been studying that. Okay, so then how long did it take you to learn to walk this new way without like thinking about every step sort of thing? It takes a while. Yeah, I would think. But uh, here's a shortcut. What I do now is I engage the core this way. I'm pressing my head against the, the back of my palms. Mm-hmm. So now everything's engaged and I just start walking. And automatically, your body will come back to its automatic system. So is the pain from your feet gone? Has it vanished? I got rid of orthotics. Oh, you did? So you have no pain in your feet now? No pain in my feet anymore. Wow, that's amazing. I have strong, healthy feet. Now, did you do other things to strengthen your feet? Like maybe to strengthen, I don't know, your arch or something like that? I I bike ride. Uh I uh, do, do weights. Uh-huh. And then I do squats and I do lifts and all, everything you can do to strengthen your calves and your quads okay. and your glutes and everything. So and do you I think do orthotics yoga. actually work in reverse? Do you think they actually make your feet weaker and cause more problems ultimately? Well, let me answer that question this way. So I had orthotics when I was 11, uh-huh. right? 
Every time I went to an orthopedist, they never said, let me see how you walk. Okay. Not once. So, yes, uh, what happens is you're becoming uh, less and you're using it less and less and less and less, and you're relying on an appliance more and more and more. And is that just because they want to sell these products? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I just think they just don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. But think about it this way. If I take my arm and I put it into a cast, what's going to happen to the muscles? Right. They're going to just weaken and weaken. Weaken and weaken because they're not being used. Right. We have to use it. We have to use our bodies. Yeah. They're designed for use. Yeah, that goes for our whole body. And I think it, I think it's astonishing when we look around, like most people don't truly use their bodies, do they? Right, right. But, but the other part is this. We've now gone through the Industrial Revolution, right? Mm -hmm. But in a very short time, we're asking our bodies to adapt dramatically. We're asking our minds to adapt yeah. dramatically. Uh, the the, the, the horse-drawn carriage was out here for thousands of years. Yes, it was. And the car has only been out for like 110, 20 mm -hmm. years. Yeah. But And so the acceleration of change. Mm -hmm. See, that's the other part that with this shaking – it also creates a, a, a resonance and a, and a coordination in the brain. Mm -hmm. So when I'm going like this, so my left hemisphere is being activated. Okay, right? and you're, you're, okay. I'm, I'm just going, going to describe what you're doing. You're extending your arm and you're shaking your mostly your hand. Oh, I guess shaking from the my elbow. My whole arm. My whole arm. Your whole arm. Yeah. 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 See. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can but see. But now, now, but I'm just now working my right hemisphere, right? Yes. When right? You, yes. So now when I do both, I'm working both hemispheres. Okay, yes. Right? And then, uh, so you can see this a little bit, I'm going to be doing this. Right. Now I'm engaging my legs. Okay. Right? And my torso. Right. So now my brain is has to communicate really fast between these two hemispheres. Sure, yeah. So the corpus callosum, which is the dividing point between the two hemispheres, is like a fiber optic uh, connection between oh, the cool. two hemispheres. That's a cool description. Right? Yeah, and it allows more information. So now there's a there's a I can't think of the word like a not resonance but a, a cognizance or just this uh, mm -hmm. everything starts working more effectively. Right? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So so, it, so you move forward. Enough. You got the pain to leave your feet. And what about the other pain in your body? You said you had pain in other places of your body. Did, so were you my, able to eliminate that too? Yes. So the lower back, they would say, "Oh, you have a compressed disc. Okay. You have disc degeneration. Uh huh. Okay. So if I if you have a car, yes, that has a thousand uh, pound capacity, and I put in. 4,000 pounds. Yes. The shock absorber, this whole suspension is going to be compressed. Yes, it is. It's not rocket science. No. Right? But if I lift off that weight again, it'll decompress. Yeah. So when they say you have a compressed disc, well, how about we do decompression exercises? So I do pull-ups. Okay. To strengthen up my shoulders. And it's also decompressing the spine. And then I also found that disc, uh, spine rotation is very important for the spine. And do you have an inversion machine? Do you ever invert your, your I never body? did the inversion machine, but that that's also works too. But the difference is your inversion is passive. Mm -hmm. 
pull up is active. Okay. Right? So your muscles are activated. So you, now you're engaging your muscles. So now your muscles are becoming stronger. So the disc, the, the disc compression won't happen as frequently. So as a result of this, the pain has left all parts of your body. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Well, let's talk about yeah. food. You mentioned food. Food can make a huge difference to how you feel as well. How did you change right. the, the choices of food that you eat? Well, before we get to food, what are the primary things? Thoughts are primary. Right. You make choices from there, right? So yeah. we're going to get back to that. How did I choose, right? Then you're going to have electricity. Because mm -hmm. electricity is moving everything. Mm -hmm. Then you have oxygenation. Okay. Water. Yes. Hydration. Right? Right. And you need electrolytes. Uh-huh. Because we're batteries. And our bodies are batteries. And so we need the sodium, potassium, magnesium to create the positive negative fields in our in our bodies. And then movement. <laughs> you gotta move. Yeah. In order so that so one of the keys, Bruce, when you move, you're pumping your lymphatic system. When you're not moving, your lymphatic system is being sluggish. Mm-hmm. So now all these things are active. Now my mind is getting the oxygen, getting the nutrients. Now it says, I want food that gives me power, doesn't put me to sleep. Right. And then, so I eat something and it puts me to sleep. I say, well, I don't think my body likes this. Makes me sluggish. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and, but then what's happening is since my mind is more activated now, I can sense when my body feels good mm -hmm. and when my body doesn't feel good. Okay. So I started choosing. So what kinds of foods did you start choosing then? Well, I started, you know, uh, there was a test that an acupuncturist recommended for me. So I had a lot of stomach issues. Mm -hmm. I was on acid blocker medication like Prilosec okay. for like 25 years. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah. And uh, I, that's, I'm off of that completely. Okay. And I have a healthy digestion. So that what it was the Carol Food Intolerance Test. Oh, it was done but through a naturopath, through an acupuncturist, and it was a test developed a hundred years ago that tests what enzymes your body's producing, so it can break food down, so you can absorb it. Oh. So I found out that potato, sweet potato, yam, tapioca, is I don't have the enzyme to break those up. Oh. So is it so almost had, like you're allergic to them or you, you're not able to well, just process them? Well, I can still process them, but it creates uh, reactions in my body. And one of the reactions that happened, and so at 54 years old, I go to the doctor and I say, hey, I have, what's this peeling on my feet? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's athlete's foot. Oh, yeah. Okay. So give me some medication for that. Yeah. And then it got worse. So I went back to uh, more another doctor who says, oh, we'll give you more stronger medication for athlete's foot. Right. It got worse again. So I said, let me go see a dermatologist. Uh -huh. And right away he said, that's not athlete's foot, it's psoriasis. Oh. On the soles of my feet. I've never had any skin issues. And they said, it's incurable. And they gave me steroids for it. Oh. So uh, the steroids 
thinned out my skin. So I had very thin skin on my feet. Uh-huh. And on top of that, there was slick. So I had no traction whatsoever. Okay. So I had to be careful not to slip and fall. But the food intolerance test that told me I, I have to remove potato, sweet potato, yam, cleared it up for me. Oh, you did? And, and, also, and were you still on the meds at that time? No, I, I had to drop the meds. I only did the meds for like a, about a year. Okay, you did the meds, and then you dropped potatoes, then I went sweet without potatoes. The meds. Yeah, and then immediately your feet got better. No, no, but I had I, had, I suffered from psoriasis for, for 12 years. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't have that solution until 12 years later. Wow, that's a long time yeah. to suffer from psoriasis. Yeah, yeah. And then the psoriasis also creates a neuropathy. So oh. uh, I had pins and needles in my feet, when I, and then also my feet would get really hot. So I had to stop hiking. I love hiking. Oh. That's, that's where I go pray, up in the mountains. Oh, and you had to stop that. I had to stop that because I, I, I couldn't, uh, the pain from the pins and needles mm-hmm. and so forth, and the heat. And so I, 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 I wear sandals most of the time now. Okay. Keep my, my feet are still a little bit off on that. So you still, your feet are still hot. My feet are still hot. Yeah. Okay. My hands are cold. My feet are hot. Oh. And my wife's hands are hot, and her feet are cold. Okay. <laughs> so we're, you know, perfect balance. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done Wim Hof? I have, but I haven't done the actual uh, Wim Hof. But I do uh, cold shower training, and mm-hmm. I do cold showers, and I now have transformed my fear of cold. Okay. Well, that's good. You ever have programming from uh, about cold? <laughs> I've had programming on lots of things, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as well, humans, I think most of us do, but yeah, definitely I have. You know, my mom loved me so much. I was the only child, and she loved me so much. She said, David, you get you get. You go out with wet hair and you get cold, you're going to get sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I did. I loved her, so I got sick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Until, you know, Wim Hof, then I started pushing myself into cold water. Yeah. And I love it. All of a sudden, you, you're taking a nice warm shower and then you turn it all the way to cold and your mind is going, no. Yes, no, your no. mind is. And how long do you do the then, cold? Then, then the voice comes out. Have you had your voice, your singing voice come out in the shower? When uh, it's cold? Definitely, yes. Definitely, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I can go in, into cold water now without having that resistance. It's great. Oh, that is I great. love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So that's called adaptation. Yeah. So well, we don't follow that enough in our, in our culture that body can adapt. Well, this we is all so ourselves. interesting. It really is. And so you... Is it true you help other people with their intuition and help other people to feel more healthy and this kind of thing? I love doing that. It's my passion. And I've been studying the human potential movement since the 70s. Oh, have you? Yeah. Uh, Silver mind control. I did that in 1977. Right. And uh, I started reading Tony Robbins back then. Mm Mm-hmm. And Think and Grow Rich. And Psycho-Cybernetics. And then I've done a, a training, which was really good. At the time, was very popular. And it was by Leonard Orr, Rebirthing. Have you heard of that? Yes. 
he started that. And then also uh, his partner was Sandra Ray. They did loving relationships training. Okay. So that I did that. That was bad. And then I did uh, landmark education. Oh, yes. I did you do a that. lot of landmark courses? I did. I did yeah. a lot of landmark courses because I was in San Francisco area and I did some in San Jose. My wife did landmark also. Okay. And in fact, she knew Werner Erhard personally uh, when it was called Est. Okay. And she assisted at his uh, mansion in San Francisco. Very interesting. Well, Mindful yeah. Tribe, I know you're probably wondering how you can connect with David, how you can learn a little bit more about David and what he does and some of his beliefs and his, uh, you know, what he does to stay so healthy. Well, you can go on Facebook and connect with David. Just go to David Weigert. Uh, David, uh, normal spelling, Weigert, W-E-I-G-E-R-T. So check out David right there. And, you know, David, I always ask a question about bullying. If you've got a story about a bullying situation, it could be as an adult, it could be as a child or whatever, where mindfulness would have made a difference. Do you have a story you can share with us? Well, I've never been bullied. Uh I've never let, I, I put out a certain vibe nobody messes with me okay okay how do you do that that would be that would be a great part of your story i don't know you just do it well part of it part of it is i um i don't here hold on one second i trust god and i just uh i seek his forgiveness as soon as i get mad and pissed off mm-hmm. and I, I i want to forgive others as quickly as possible so that way you don't generate, and I, and I accept people as they are. It's not easy, mm-hmm. uh, especially when I'm driving. I used to have, uh, the, so I took a training that would say, okay, you're driving and you get into uh, uh, that rage. What do you call that rage when you're driving? Uh, Road rage. Road rage. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it was a... Uh, a psychologist who had a tape and I listened to the tape trying to calm myself down mm-hmm. so that when I got affected by the road rage, I would not act it out. Right. Right. Uh, and I used a lot of different techniques that I've learned over the years. Breathing, of course, sure. uh, is the, the most important one is it, breathing. Take yeah. a deep breath yeah. and relax. But it takes, it takes so much practice. But I'm finding out that since I've, I've been shaking for about nine years now. Okay. And that came to me as a revelation, I would say, mm-hmm. because my back was hurting me. And it was like, you got to loosen up. You got to move. Mm-hmm. And then I saw something which really kind of sparked a couple of things. Uh, our bodies are like, there's 75 trillion cells, right? But to the relative size of the cell, they're big. Okay. Just like the earth, right? The earth is big to us. But if you go to the moon, it's a tiny little ball, ball in space. Right, right, sure. A tiny pebble in space. So it's all relative to size. Mm-hmm. And when you look at what happened in Fukushima, which was an earthquake that created tsunami waves that brought debris from Japan all the way to Oregon and California. Mm-hmm. So that wave propagated at a very fast speed. There is traveling at 500 miles per hour, mm-hmm. right? But in order to reach that vast distance, you have to increase the wave activity. So, again, the shaking increases the wave activity in the body. And the waves 
create motions inside the body and bring in all kinds of changes and nutrients and everything like that, and they wash things out. The other thing is I was watching a uh, show about a, the whales, a whale family that got caught in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And they were cutting holes in the ice to try to create breathing holes so it could bring them from the strait they were in back into the ocean that had iced up. Mm-hmm. But every time they start cutting, once they finished, it would freeze up again. Okay. Until there was a company in Minnesota that had a propeller that had a flotation device on it, and they applied that propeller inside those holes, and the waves kept things from freezing. Okay. So that tied in. So basically, my back is frozen. Mm -hmm. I have to move it. Mm -hmm. I have to uh, send waves through it. I have to shake it. I have to amplify it. And that has brought me to this point. So I'm willing to, I'm my own guinea pig. Yeah. And now I'm establishing and I'm going to, I wanted to get this thing studied down the road. But waves are so important in our, uh, in our bodies. That's really interesting. And Mindful Tribe, I told you, didn't I? David is not your ordinary run-of-the-mill person. He's got very interesting philosophies and practices. And, you know, it's just really cool to talk to you, David. As we move forward, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30-second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person that has really inspired you, one person that has maybe inspired you in a way to be more mindful? Tony Robbins, for sure. Okay, and my second Love question is about uh, my second question is about emotions and how, as a result of mindfulness, how have you learned to deal with your emotions differently? Acceptance. Okay. Loving them as they are, and then choosing the emotion I want. Interesting. Okay, and my next question is about. Uh, breathing and you've talked about breathing some but maybe you can sum it up and you know give us your thoughts well i've been practicing breathing exercises since i did silver mind control back in 1977 Mm -hmm. i'm still learning so keep practicing yeah yeah (laughs) yeah always need to keep practicing that that's for sure are there any books that you would recommend that are related to mindfulness for our listeners There's a book I'm reading now called Letting Go. Oh, yeah, I love I think, that book. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the essence, and that's what it's all about, is letting go. It really Letting is. go, let go, and let God. Yeah, that's <laughs> Kind a of great sums book. it up for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and my last question, are there any apps of any description that you find helpful in this area? Hmm... No, I don't use that as okay. much. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Okay, well, it's really cool to talk to you. And and just one last question before we say goodbye, and that is, do you have some final words of advice for our Mindful Tribe listeners before we leave? The heart is the first system that forms in the fetus. Okay. The circulatory system and the heart are the first system. It takes an intelligence for that to happen. So trust the intelligence of your heart and let and, and let your heart love your mind and the mind will rest and it'll be more useful after that point. Wow, good advice. Well, thank you so much for being on the show Thank today, you, Bruce. Dude. This is so exciting. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And it don't forget, exciting. as soon as you're done, you better shake loose all the stuff we've been talking about. <laughs> okay, will do. Thanks, David. Bye now. Thank you so much. 
Bye now. Bye. Mindful Tribe, you heard from my client, Lindsay, during the episode, and now you're going to hear a little bit more about her experience before and after the coaching that she had with me. The feeling I had before was me being frustrated in my own mind and body and not being able to move forward in direction that I knew that I should be moving forward in. And the after experience is me being more confident and me being able to make decisions, plan my life, do things I want to do. I'm just generally more content and happier. So I mentioned I do have an opening for another client. Maybe that client is you. Maybe you're the person, the time is right. This is a great opportunity to jump on a call and talk about what I can do. You know, we can just discuss it on a free call. So send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Put now is the time in the subject line. And I look forward to talking to you. And with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.